0: What's up, Videolanders? I'm your host, Don Miggedy-Mack. And with me tonight is my consigliere, Dr. Diamond Doug. Trace (laughs) days. Quick (laughs) quick reminder, you can find us at AdventuresInVideoLand.com or on our Facebook at AdventuresInVideoLand. We are Critics with Attitude. In many of our AV podcasts, you'll hear some bad language. It's not really our style, but we'll try to keep this... PG-13, Mm-hmm. mild language and just a hint of artistic nudity with your massacre. Tasteful. Tasteful. Also, spoiler alert, if you don't want tonight's movie ruined, pause this episode, watch the movie, and come back later. With that said, tonight we'll be talking about season six, Pantheon nomination number six, the Godfather.
1: <laughs>
0: the song brings a tear to my eye. Nominated by Rachel Plantenga with guest voter Keegan Goodman.
1: Before we get to any of that, Dr. Diamond Doug, let's chat about Pantheon. Sure. Pantheon refers to movies that hit on all cylinders acting, directing, script, scores, cinematography, special effects. They are. Essential viewing. They are the special shelf of movies. They are, if uh, of a certain ilk, they are the best of the genre. If it is a cartoon...
0: Animated Robot Science Fiction Series. It is the best Absolutely. animated robot science fiction series.
1: Now, for those of you who are new, there are nine members on the AV Adventures in Video Land Council. And every about three weeks during Pantheon season, a council member will nominate a movie. Like this one. Everyone else will vote yes, no, and then give their reasons. And write a
0: 500-word write-up, in fact.
1: In addition, there's a guest voter and... The Facebook poll counts as one other vote. The uh, couldn't the the, uh, the aggregate uh, score right. counts if, as a yes or a no.
0: If the majority of the, of the AV Facebook folks say
1: no, then it's a no vote. Yes, it's a yes vote. That is a total of eleven votes, and each movie needs a two-thirds majority to get in, which is seven votes. Math. And we have had five movies so far. We have this season. Taxi
0: Driver. Drive. Uh, Iron Giant. Do the Right Thing. And Blade Runner 2049.
1: Of those movies, which have uh, which have made it in?
0: Well, uh, Drive made it in with 8 of 11. Do the Right Thing, 8 of 11. And Blade Runner 2049. Not to be confused with the original Blade Runner. It's already in Pantheon. But Blade Runner 2049, also 8 of 11.
1: Taxi Driver with 5 and Iron Giant with 4 did not make did it.
0: not quite make it. That doesn't mean they're bad movies. It doesn't mean people don't like the movies. In fact... Some people who said no said they liked the movie. Yep. It just wasn't Pantheon.
1: And uh, according to the scoring system, according because they the have a five-star system. scoring system in Adventures in Videoland, it has to reach a 4.5 or better.
0: Yeah, and you know, sometimes when a movie's on the borderline somewhere, the X factor... Yep kind of boosts it right over the line and we'll chat a little bit more about that later we will we will so before we get started let's sure talk thing. let's do some foreplay all right i like foreplay i love foreplay. Uh, anti-heroes
1: yeah let's
0: anti-heroes. talk about anti-heroes the
1: godfather is a is an anti- anti-hero uh tale now i uh, i like this genre and uh one that one not movie but series that comes to mind is Breaking Bad. Yes, uh, which kind of follows this person who ends up being a drug kingpin. Yeah, starting in a place where didn't really want to do that, but it's supporting his family circumstances. Turns him, he falls in, and then little by little he gets all the way in, and eventually he likes doing it because he's good at it. He's good at it, and there's a big pile
0: yeah. of money too.
1: Uh, but this is a genre of movies that there's... Taxi a, driver's and an anti-hero yeah, movie driver. as well. Where,
0: yeah. you know, you've got a guy who's actually not a nice guy. He does not nice guy stuff. But in fact, the thing that's driving him forward is also actually a heroic thing that he does there. So you've got yeah. that as well.
1: And uh, uh, Waterworld. Waterworld <laughs> is the perfect <laughs> yeah, anti-hero I, I, I'm movie. pretty sure that's the archetype uh, uh, yeah. that all of us would go back to. Like, that script was written the in Mariner 1901. Because the Mariner yeah. and and was so, very you much know, an anti-hero as Just because as well. Kevin yeah. Costner, the perfect anti But the Godfather certainly is this anti-hero. The, the the protagonist is not a good person. You you end up, in a way, uh, rooting for yeah this bad guy. Yeah. Even
0: though they're a bad guy. And Drive, by the way another antihero. the guy
1: spends yeah. his life other than stunt driving in movies doing bad stuff just now a little pushback on the concept the uh and i would have to think about this right. if the person is not in any way a good person but we're just following the antagonist as the protagonist does that make them an antihero? that's a good question or do they have to be a force for good that's a, i don't know but see then the godfather what force for good was going on there well, he was good with the community. Yeah, yeah. All right. he did good things. Yeah. These are philosophical questions are. to ponder for later. And we, we will probably ponder those
0: over a uh, Guinness or two uh, every Sunday for the next... Forever. Forever, yeah. Because I'm going to live forever. Movie so. facts. Some <laughs> some facts about The Godfather. It is a rated R movie, a crime drama, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Some people don't know. Nicolas Cage is related to this guy in some way. I'm not sure exactly how. Uh, but he did The Godfather's, plural, uh, Apocalypse Now, The Outsiders, one of my favorite movies as a kid and favorite book as a child. Peggy's Who Got Married, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and Jack with Robin and Williams. Jack. And I'll tell you something. He has, in my opinion, one of the most diverse um, uh, uh, background. Like, 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 yeah. like, like uh, it's just all book. over the place. Scrapbooks, and, and and I don't think it's because he's not picking his lane. Yeah, his lane is movies. Yeah, storytelling, and that's what he
1: does. The Godfather is based on a book by Mario Puzo called mm-hmm. The Godfather, mm-hmm. and he helped write the script with Francis mm-hmm. Ford Coppola.
0: Right. Story by by Mario Puzo. Uh, produced by Albert S. Ruddy. Music by Nina Roda who also wrote an opera. Excellent. Uh, cinematography by Gordon Willis. Who did Annie Hall, The Devil's Own, The Money Pit? Another great movie, by the way. Tom Hanks, edited by Pete Zinner, William Reynolds, uh, who did The Sound of Music. Uh, in theaters, March twenty fourth, nineteen seventy two, in the U S. Anyway, runtime was one hundred seventy seven minutes.
1: Svelte, one hundred and seventy seven minutes. And
0: it's it's a solid three hours. <laughs> let's be honest, uh, one seventy seven. It's like one eighty five, probably. Uh, Studio, Paramount Pictures, Alfred Productions. A little little bit of a
1: love-hate relationship with Paramount Pictures and and Francis Ford Coppola because they just weren't sure of his vision going through. And said yeah, uh, it's too dark and this and that. But you know when the money machine starts printing yeah. dollar bills, Don't you really, tend no, to No, we like, no, we always like to stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Starring, of course, Marlon Brando, Al, Al Pacino, Pacino, James Caan,
1: Richard Castellano, Robert Duvall, Sterling Hayden, who played McCluskey, John Marley, Diane Keaton, and Jared Leto. Wait, what? What? That was not Why Jared Leto. does that say Jared Leto? It Lito does not there. say Jared Leto. The guy that Lito. looks a lot like Abe Vigoda. <laughs> Sorry. And you know it. Hey, bagoda. My bad. <laughs> the uh, IMDb synopsis, and I, I like the pithiness of this. And you can see whether or not you find this reductive. <laughs> mm-hmm. And here, here's what they say. All right, sit back because the movie was three hours long. So, right. so this uh, is gonna, the synopsis. You, know what, is gonna, you might want to yeah, pause the just playback. Like and go do get some a drink, stretches. Maybe go to the yeah. All right. Here's all right, the here synopsis. An organized crime dynasty's aging patriarch transfers control of his clandestine empire to his reluctant son. And there's a period on the end of that because that's period. the entire that was, thing. Uh, yeah, I feel like that covers the whole that, story. That, you know, that is the story, that's, that's let's be honest. I feel like there's maybe some other things.
0: There are a few other yeah. things going on there. Like the son was not the one that was supposed to take over and he didn't even want to be part. Well, You Dun, know what, let's just set that aside. Meggedy
1: Mac, did people like this movie?
0: You know, and IMDB rated it 9.2 out of 10. Uh, Metacritic gave it a 100 uh, 15 reviews. Must see. Uh, rotten Tomatoes, 97%, 98 percent audience score. I would say, people
1: like this movie. I would say so as well. There was 131 critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, <clears throat> Three of them. Three of them were rotten. And are those people even alive? Like, did they find a horse's head in their bed the next day? I don't know. They had a bad day, whatever. got stopped at a crossing guard or something? On the fresh side, Robert Dominguez of the New York Daily News said despite Brando's limited screen time, his presence overpowers the film. Yet, it's Pacino's performance as the idealistic war hero turned ruthless crime lord that takes on new meaning the second time around. Mm. Now, of the one of the rotten ones. Yeah, Arthur
0: Schlesinger Jr. Uh, from Vogue. An overblown, pretentious, slow, and ultimately tedious three-hour quasi-epic. Now, here's the thing. I think Mr. Schlesinger may have been watching The Godfather 2. But, but hold on. I'm or, just saying. Or 3. I don't you know. know. Yeah. Maybe, perhaps he tried to watch them all back-to-back. Like, I you know, know like yeah, uh, the, the well, prequel, like yeah, Star Wars yeah. prequel. All right. Metacritic. Uh, Vincent... Uh, can be from the New York Times, gave it a 100, one of the most brutal and moving chronicles of American life ever designed within the limits of popular entertainment.
1: Now, the lowest scored, everything else was 100 on Metacritic. The okay. lowest scored was uh, Bravely from mm-hmm. Staff Not Credited.
0: Well, I mean, if you're going to give yeah. lowest score, Bravely. you throw your name right out there. And Mr. Staff, we really appreciate yeah. your honesty. Uh,
1: from Variety... Uh, gave it an 8, well, Metacritic rates this review as an an 80, 80, overlong at about 175 minutes, played without intermission, (laughs) and occasionally confusing, (laughs) while never so placid as to be boring, it is never so gripping as uh, B, superior screen drama. Hmm. I'm reading that as is. I think that there was as... uh, To be? As to be. Yeah. Well, but, Mr. Staff,
0: we we applaud your uh, staff yeah. not Oh wait, staff not credit. It's an anonymous. One. Oh there. Uh, you I go. didn't yeah. catch that the first Placid. time. Placid. All right. Metacritic. The Hoi
1: Polloi. The Hoi Polloi. The hoi polloi. I'm go. just gonna I'll tell you, tell you right there. off the bat: no Spangle, no Spangle. Spangle huh. did not take the time to do a review, so we had to find a couple other. But Spangle's uh. still in the doghouse about do the right thing for giving it a two. So. That's for
0: sure. David yeah. K gave it a ten. This is easily the best movie of all time, then would be part two. But I can't stand watching part three. It's just like far too many other movies, they ruined the trilogy. That's what David Kaye says.
1: Now, I'll say this about the Hoi reviews: reviews. It's 9.2 with 3,117 positive reviews. Right. 90 mixed and 104 negative. And I read through a ratio. bunch of the negatives. A... And uh, some of them are just ironic ironically like they they're they are not actually negative do we have one Uh, i don't have one of those because i didn't want to take the time but i do have have one negative review who gave it a zero a zero and also i'm going to tell you in advance i don't think this person knows how zeros work (laughs) so go ahead and read this one all right zach
0: s not the zach we know says wow Wow. That's all I have to say. This this film was just horribly overrated. Ellipses. I mean, it's not a bad film or anything, but it's just too boring and none of the characters are really likable.
1: Does that sound like a zero? When you say, it's not a bad movie, uh, I'm going to rate this as a zero. Yeah. I'm wordless. R... Our reviewers from Adventures in Videoland are Videolanders. Right. So the poll goes
0: up, and yep. many uh, AV Facebook uh, folk jump in there, like John Shippy. John Shippey. They, they put their own on there, right? They vote, and then they say something.
1: I think that they know how things work a little bit more. John Shippy says, easiest yes, yet. Finally, we have someone that knows what they are doing. You might as well add the Godfather 2 to this.
0: Uh, yeah. Vincent Suarez, I absolutely love The Godfather. However, The Godfather Part Two is more deserving of pantheon status. The snob in me has long said The Godfather is a great movie, but The Godfather Part Two is a great film. In parentheses, and Part Three is a great nap. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: okay, I, I don't.
0: So, Vincent, I, I'm not going to argue with you, but I did fall asleep during two. Yeah, just for like like 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. I know there's a. Guy that gets killed in a barber chair, I think. Anyway, moving on. J.D.
1: JD Karlowich says definitely should be. This film helped define the gangster genre in an epic film that has themes such as family, betrayal, and tragedy.
0: Uh, Quinlan Voss. it's an overrated bore. Goodfellas is far superior. Certainly more modern.
1: It is certainly more modern. I watched goodfellas after this so i watched godfather and then i was with you when right. it happened and then we started godfather 2 mm-hmm. you didn't make it all the way through it was late at, it, not, was, nope, it was, it was late in the afternoon, afternoon. <laughs> so there may have been drinking I, I don't know i did finish the godfather 2 yeah. it did get i did as well and then i watched three and then i watched goodfellas and then i watched the irishman because i was kind of all in on the You're all in films. baby i'm not sure i agree with quinlan with you quinlan on this that that um, uh, I, I still hold Godfather in higher esteem, but I don't want to show all my cards yet. I'll Alessio. Tell you,
0: I'll tell you something about Goodfellas just very quickly yeah, before yeah. we move on. I thought Goodfellas, the story moved faster, yeah. and that it was a bit more entertaining at times. But once you're in on the Godfather story, it's kind of hard to let it go. Yeah. It's yeah. just
1: told that well. Yeah. Anyway. Alessio Pasquale said, "Is a Smurf's butt blue?" And I have to say, "It is." That this did lead me to a dark part of the internet that I was not planning to go to when I googled this question. Smurfette photos. Uh, I found all sorts of stuff. No, uh, no, 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 uh, no,
0: no. no. Papa Smurf, cut it out.
1: Papa Smurf is called Papa Smurf for a reason, from what I found on the internet.
0: (laughs) Joshua McLaughlin. This is probably the first pick this season that, despite it not excelling as a whole piece of filmmaking in my eye, I'm still voting yes for the film getting Pantheon status based on its technical craftsmanship alone. Joshua, I completely agree with you on the whole technical craftsmanship side. Uh, I think it, that was fabulous.
1: Patricia Perillo, and these are this is some excerpts from what she wrote. Of yep. course, this is a pantheon movie. I especially like the new Discord, looking at the Italian American influence on cinema. Great movie and great nomination, and she also mentioned in this conversation, The good, The Godfather changed the ways movies were perceived in Hollywood. I came from a Calabresi family that was somewhat connected, I remember, hearing stories like this. So I'm not oh. going to mess with Patricia. I
0: thought Perillo was an Irish name. Yeah, it's it's uh, very confusing yeah, for me. I'm sorry, started, Patricia.
1: I, I think that you're thinking of O-Perill oh, instead of oh, Perillo. you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Bill, Bill Allen.
0: Allen. Yeah, I know. That that quote, Godfather 2 is better, end quote, is the conventional wisdom, but I disagree. Bill out All- this is Bill Allen's opinion. The first one is about the establishment of power, what it takes to achieve it, and what it costs. That's the movie that took Michael, the smart one, the baby, the one with a legitimate shot at a future and turned that future upside down. He means a future outside the crime right. industry crime uh, syndicate. All right, let's talk about how it did. You know, The Godfather, 1972, as we said, 175, 190 minutes by Francis Ford Coppola. Production budget was $56 million. Domestic gross, $135 million. Worldwide, $246 million. $135 million in 1972 was uh, an amazing feat for not a superhero. Yeah. Uh, this was uh,
1: truly a sh- blockbuster.
0: Family-friendly. It was not a family-friendly yeah. movie. Right. Right. I feel Uh, like you're about to do some exciting math. Well, I was thinking about, you know, if you took the number of people, uh, the number of amount of money domestically. Because I'm thinking, how do we
1: compare old movies to new movies? And you look at the ticket price was $1.70 in
0: 1972. So I was thinking we could, like, copyright, patent, trademark a thing.
1: Butts in Seats Index.
0: And what you do is do a little quick little math, and what you find is that domestically, U.S. 79.4 million people in 1972 and 73 went to go see The Godfather. a lot, Yeah. Butts and seats. The Fight Club standard. Fight
1: Club standard is about 7.4 million.
0: Yeah. So this is more than 10 times that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That doesn't mean it's 10 times better than The Fight Club just how it did at the the box office. So by comparison, another 1972 movie and I picked this Mm -hmm. movie for two reasons. One, but uh, um, uh, Rachel... Plantinga uh, nominated this movie two years ago. Yeah, I think, but it was also out in 1972 and it was head to head with The Godfather at the Oscars. They both went home with lots of Oscars. Uh, Cabaret, or as you what did you refer to that, that cabaret as? The yeah? Sound of Music, Slutty Cousin. Yes, that's what it was. Uh, it came out also 72, 124 minutes, just two hours long. Production budget was 2.3 million. Domestic gross was $42.8 million. Worldwide, also $42.8 million. Yep. Same average ticket price of $1.70 means 25 million people went to see Cabaret. Well,
1: three times less yeah, than the one Yeah, one-third.
0: Uh, another Cop- uh, Francis Ford Coppola movie uh, that's in Pantheon already, Apocalypse Now, 1979, had a $31.5 million budget. Uh, domestic gross of $83.5 million. Worldwide, $92.1 million. With an average ticket price in 1979 of $2.51, 33.3 million people, 33.3 million butts in seats. Uh, what's the next one on Goodfellas,
1: 1990, 146 minutes long by Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. It is definitely in the line of Godfather, mm-hmm. a, 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 an ancestor movie. Yes, sir. Uh, production budget, $25 million. It made money at domestic gross, $46.8 million. Worldwide, $50 million. Average ticket price in 1990 was $4.23, which gives it a butts-in-seat index of $11.1 million. Yeah. Seats, but you know that's still uh, above the Fight Club standard. It's still a, yep. a respectable,
0: but it's not seventy nine point four. Just that's saying, correct. And The Departed, uh, two thousand six, another not so much mobster unless you want to look at a combination of the Irish and, yeah. and, and, and other mobs going on there. But still, another movie in a similar line, also by Scorsese, two thousand six, one hundred fifty one minutes, production budget of ninety million dollars, domestic gross of one thirty two point three worldwide. Far in excess of double, 291.5. Average ticket price $6.55 in 2006 means 20.2 million butts in seats for the departed. And if for me, as I look across these comparisons, I'm Which sure I compare and it to any. Robert
1: anything. De Niro was in every one of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Including Cabaret. <laughs>
0: yeah, he was the one with the
1: white. Yeah, face. No, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
0: No, he was in the he, suit. he was in every one of them, right? Yeah, except I, for Cabaret. I, but, I think, yeah. Except Cabaret, yeah. But uh, but uh, if you look at this, that's true. And think about that. You got three directors: Coppola and Scorsese and Uh, Fosse, uh But but uh, you have this spectrum. of of movie styles, right? Apocalypse yeah. Now versus The Godfather and Goodfellas versus The Departed, which is a whole different kind of thing. Cabaret—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a spectrum, and yet you still have these uh, comparable directors. All right. So before we do a deep dig, uh, let's—you uh, know—sometimes the the nominator, right? The the, the person who makes a nomination. In this case, it's Rachel. Sh- they will send us
1: uh, a token. Uh. uh... I think we like to call it a, a bribe. bribe.
0: It's a bribe. It's a bribe. It's a token of their appreciation. Uh, and uh, uh, we have here, there's a, well, first of all, sitting on top of this token, and I'm not sure this is actually from Rachel, I think that uh, Brad may have just left this here to uh, keep us in the mood. It's a nice picture of Don Corleone there. Oh, yes. Yeah. That does keep me in the Over, mood. Overlooking. It, now, by uh, the way,
1: uh, I was just looking it up. De Niro's not an apocalypse. I, 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 I like, think we're thinking of uh, Martin. And he's definitely uh, not Martin. Yeah, Martin Sheen. Yeah, Sheen. I get Robert De Niro and Martin Sheen uh, uh, and Liza Nellie. I get those three. But you know who was confused. an apocalypse now? Yeah. Vito Corleone. Vito Corleone.
0: He was in there. Yeah, himself. Yeah. But the man wasn't. What, so
1: what do we have here on the table? So
0: we have this, uh, you know those white boxes you get from a restaurant? Yeah. One of those. And when, you know, it kind of squeaks when you open it. And when I pop this open, it's, uh, ah, ha, ha. you
1: know that line from the movie? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, leave the gun. Take the cannolis. It's
0: cannolis. We Look, have cannolis. we've got cannolis here.
1: Uh, from, from the Vienna... Uh, espresso Bar and Bakery in Ooh. West Lafayette. Wow. Shout out to the Vienna.
0: Thank you, Vienna. It's One for you, my friend. I'll take this one. Thank
1: you, Rachel. These
0: are chocolate covered with some sort of green tinted filling. They look delicious. I'm going to take myself a little bite. Mmm. Mm. Oh, oh, not yeah. the cannoli right there. Holy cannoli. Oh my god. Mmm. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel.
1: There's a lot of cannoli going on there.
0: You know, the thing about a cannoli, when you bite into it, it just explodes, you know? <laughs> delicious. Cannoli! Thank you, Rachel. That was that was very thoughtful and appropriate. All right. We also have on our table here today, uh, as we usually have a beverage or two, yeah. we have uh, something that was in the movie quite a bit. We have some scotch. scotch. There's some scotch. We are today, we have... Uh, Do... Do- Doers, Dewars, Dewars, <laughs> Dewars, White uh,
1: Now I picked this up because uh, that this was uh, a brand that you would have probably found in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. That uh, while the movie's going on, As you there said earlier, like are like J&B. There are, and I was reading some. Uh, I was reading, and I, I shared the article with you, mm-hmm. talking about there's three types of alcohol that that get used in this movie. Yes, sir. And it's Scotch white wine, and red wine, and each of them have a function, where scotch is the drink that's associated with business, mm-hmm. where just the men are in the room. they got got a cigar, maybe, uh, but so they've got a scotch. So, in the opening scene, when, uh, when the character is talking, mm-hmm. uh, and they pour him a drink, that would be scotch.
0: He's, he's asking for a favor from yeah. the Don.
1: Um, and... So Scotch is the t- is the drink of business. White wine you drink with the family. Red wine is for celebrations and parties. And they were kept very separate earlier on in the movie. Mm-hmm. Later on, that things start getting mixed up as business and pleasure and family stuff family get all mixed all together. Mixed together. Uh, like when Fredo is uh, in a room with all and welcoming Michael to Las Vegas, and he's got. The women and the band, Mm -hmm. white wine, and and he's there for business. He wants to be drinking scotch. He wants no women in the room while he's talking. But I thought that was a very kind of interesting look at at how alcohol is used in the movie, separating out these three kind of like spheres of their lives that they try to keep separate, but it's impossible to keep them separate as they move on.
0: And in one of the opening scenes, not the opening scene, when Michael finally shows up at the wedding, He's insisting to his girl that he's not... I mean, he's a part of the family, but he's not in the family business. He has no interest in being in the family business. He's separate. He was a soldier. Now he's going to be a businessman, but not in the family business. And he's drinking wine at the wedding.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Clearly partying yeah. and enjoying himself. So, yeah, it's interesting. All right, let's do a little deep dig. Sure. Uh, Rachel's nomination, uh, for this movie. I had seen The Godfather before my most recent viewing, and I remember enjoying it, but when it came to sitting down and watching it again on a lazy Saturday morning, I was not that excited. It felt like it was going to be a long, stressful experience. I was wrong. Wrong to the extent that when we were done watching, I knew I wanted it to be my 2021 nomination. The Godfather is a huge film. The storyline is so thick and complex. That I'm certain I would find more and more detail the more I watched it, although it's true there's a certain aspect of the film that certain uh, that's a little confusing. The timeline's a little weird. For example, the amount of time that passes when Michael comes back from Sicily. He makes a comment by the way yeah. that he's been, I've been back gone for a, for a year. year. Yeah. He's been back for a yeah. year. Yeah, but I think it's important to remember how much is stuffed into this movie. Fun fact: Ernest Borgnine almost got the part due to Brando's reputation of being difficult. Can you imagine Ernest, Ernest Borgnine? Borgnine. Uh, he, she says a lot but I'm just going to just kind of uh, uh, summarize a little bit in general feel uh, it is it is a general feeling that The Godfather 2 is a better movie I just really don't see it I watched them back to back and I really felt The Godfather was just a stronger movie and I felt so much more invested in the characters and the stories but I can't wait to read everyone's reviews I think uh, uh, Dr. Diamond Doug, I believe we both commented that we also watched them back to back and had the same feeling Mhm. But, you know, movies are subjective, and someone else watches The Godfather 2 and has a completely different experience, and I get that. So, it's not right and wrong. Uh, She's expressing her opinion, uh, and and it's great. All right. So, some uniqueness and challenges. So, uh, Doug, how is this film unique? Beyond some of the things that have already been mentioned, how is this film unique?
1: Well, I think that one of the things that this brings to the table is just an epic epic vision of how uh that is completely immersive from from set to scene um just it's grand Mm. and packed and there's stuff in every corner that it is like a uh a rococo field of of bric-a-brac from of italian-american uh Cultural artifacts. Yeah,
0: at one point while we were watching um, while you we were watching it, there was a, a point where we actually paused the movie, and you were like, "Oh my gosh!" And you were you were uh, you went and Googled something or other, and you, what you were looking up was like these sets. Like they went, they either they, they used a combination of existing places that looked like this, and then they layered in yeah layers of props and set pieces and other things. To, to make you feel like you're standing in the room. It wasn't like, yeah, I, I will accept that that's the, the, the study in this Italian American family's home. No, no, you were in a study yeah. in this family's home. It was so many things, and all the sets were done that way. Even when they went back to that study years later, and it was someone else living there, and Mike was looking around, you know, when he starts saying, my dad's desk was right here, my father's desk was right here, and, you know, this was where the thing was. I actually, in my mind, the set kind of reconfigurated in my mind and I saw, reconfigured, and I saw exactly what he was talking about. That first scene with the guy asking for the favor.
1: Yeah, and uh, just going to that scene alone, it takes like three minutes to zoom in or zoom out from the guy. Because at first... You'd think he's almost doing a monologue to the screen. I actually
0: thought he was practicing in the mirror.
1: Yeah, and then you pull back, and eventually you get the back of the head, uh-huh. and you and you have this juxtaposition of this kind of like the shadow figure hmm. that is obviously in charge. But what I loved about it was everything else in the background was black. The way that they used lighting was uh, so. Uh, artistically profound Mm -hmm. beyond the zoom out which was fantastic and they had used a computer uh, a computer driven rig to get that right but for me when i looked at that i was like this reminds me of caravaggio the artist uh, like the uh, italian renaissance naturalist artist with the the chioscuro shading the fact that Mm -hmm. he would highlight and bring out with with kind of single points of light the characters but then everything else is blackened and dark so that you have this contrast Mm -hmm. uh uh, and when i was watching that scene i was like this this is a piece of art
0: yeah yeah Uh, i agree with you and even if the storyline was not so not compelling at all this art was still there yeah, you know, and that's one. Of, that is one of the unique elements. There's another unique element to this movie, and I believe it's it is uh, the intention of showing us the inside and the outside in full detail of what this family would have been like in the mid '40s. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and 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 how and how it worked, like like, you had to go ask for favors, but you also could spend your entire life and never ask for anything and not be bothered and not have any issues. Like, nobody was forced to be a part of this unless they stuck themselves in the middle of it in some way.
1: I feel like another fun part of this is that uh, that this was an adaptation of a book that mm-hmm. they used then the book author to come in and write the screenplay with the director. Yeah. Uh, so the movie had this kind of real organic uh, feel with, it, with its uh, source material that you could tell it came from somewhere, but it, it, it now became its own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you and
0: know, I I haven't read the book, but I've been told that when you read the book, you start seeing where characters were combined or split or dropped. You know the things that you have to do to write a screenplay. Is sometimes it just doesn't work as a screenplay. But um, but that you also can see that the whole core storyline goes, the thread goes from the beginning to the end. So I've been told it's on my
1: it's on my yeah. to do list at some point to read this thing. Challenges. Uh, so a challenge for this movie. And we've already heard it is that when you say Godfather, some people automatically say Godfather Two, like that they like they don't separate the two. Mm-hmm. And because they like Godfather Two, Godfather seems like it's going like it must be less. Right. Uh, so some people have a uh, this I don't want to say knee jerk reaction, but they have just a visceral automatic response to. Uh, to hearing it because they like Godfather 2 so much. So I think that one of the things that happens here is that, that it's a comparison. And the question is, is it a fair comparison? Mm. And when you judge it on its own, does right. it still stand
0: up? Well, I think there's another challenge here in that much like when someone says, The Lord of the Rings, they don't think about the first or the second or the third. They're thinking about the entire saga. Yeah. And I know for me, when someone says, you know, The Godfather, I don't think, oh, did you watch one, two, or three? I'm thinking, you sat down for nine to ten hours and watched them all. And in fact, when I told my wife we had, to watch, I was going to re-watch this movie for the podcast, and I was going to watch it more than once, she was like, oh, yeah, I want to sit down and watch them all with you. What Saturday do you want to do that? Even in her mind. She's like, this. It, it, you don't just watch one. No, we need a day. No, we're going to watch them all. <laughs> and we might have to take breaks in between, you know, but but we're going to watch them all. And she thinks of them that way. And I think a lot of people do. Potentially a lot of people do. And uh, that, that might to them can be just kind of like...
1: <sighs> so, I would also say a challenge for this movie mm-hmm. is that this movie, and we've heard it from some other people who talked about the movie, is in some ways to some people bloated that there is the the whole scene that's in sicily is this kind of almost extra little mini movie Mm -hmm. side quest that is dropped into the movie uh and it, it takes a good half hour it does to to get through that part of the story and there for me when i was watching it that there's not a lot of payoff at the end that they talk about or explain why the, the death of his wife out in Sicily made him into a, a more hardened a more criminal hardened or criminal. anything like that. You
0: get it, but they don't but it's not like but it's not like it's a part of the story. That, like it's not like it's an intentional part of the story. It's like Michael goes on an adventure,
1: a and quest. he meets the girl <laughs> and he gets
0: married, but she dies. Okay, back to the story. It almost felt that way the first yeah, time I mean, yeah. When we rewatched it uh that Saturday, the two of us, you mentioned it and I'm like, "Yeah, it kind of does feel mm. like that." I get why it's there, but I kind of don't. It almost wasn't necessary except there's one other piece that makes it necessary. Why was this American family this way? Because that's what they came yeah,
1: from. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: That's what they know. And that's how that's that's how this relationship between the community and the godfather, that's how it works. But um in any case, how about some uh, insights you had while watching this movie? So,
1: let's hold the let's hold off on that because All we'll right. talk about that when we go through the breakdown Fair and the enough. standout moments. But there is one thing that I did want to mention. Yeah, what's that? Later, all right, fair yeah. Enough. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like pull you in, yeah. That's the yeah. line right there, all right. So,
0: some breakdowns, uh, and standout moments. How about for acting? Let's go through the the uh, the Pantheon criteria, right? Yeah, so standout moments by, by categories or criteria categories. How about acting and casting?
1: Acting and casting, I think, is top notch for me, mm-hmm. and it's not for everybody, but for me. The, my least favorite person in the bunch was Diane Keaton.
0: I, I agree with you. I think that either it was her being newer than kind of everyone else, maybe. But also her character seemed like it was just sort of um, a window dressing to me. Yeah. And hey. I don't think that she did well. She had one sort of emotion, one one emote. Yeah. One and, note.
1: And, 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 you know, like, I mentioned Breaking Bad earlier, mm. and sometimes Skylar White, get, his wife, gets crapped on because, like, people just didn't like her character. Right. I don't think that it, my reason for not liking Diane Keaton is the same as people not liking Skylar in, in the other film just because mm-hmm. she was this unnecessary antagonist to the anti hero. Mm-hmm. But, um,. But for me, I just didn't think that her acting chops were all were up to snuff. That's where I was. Yeah. So, but I'd give this like a four point nine five out of acting and casting because I I think it was it was just fantastic all across the board.
0: For me, growing up in the seventies, watching TV, watching uh, uh, Barney, uh, the cop show. Yeah. That that, fish. That fish was on a Bogota was on watching all those kind of shows. And seeing those same people back in that same age range, where they were still maybe not young, but they were still vibrant and active and mobile, and you know what I'm saying? Like they still they could still do stuff. Uh, that was that always is. Every time I see this movie, that always is great. Mm-hmm. You know, you see that that character that you like. And maybe they're playing a different character, but it's still them. You know, it's underneath there. But also, I really like watching De Niro uh, as a young man. And then also as a little bit older guy, and then if you watch Godfather three, they, they did I think they aged him a bit, but I mean in the first yeah. part. But but I'm just saying you could tell that time had passed between the making of those movies as well. Um, but I really liked him in this this relatively early role in the '70s, and I really With really the, of, really liked uh, of Pacino. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, Pacino. yeah. You're talking about Pacino. Yeah, Pacino. They did, my, my mistake. They did have. Uh... The younger version, in Godfather 2, yes. of De Niro, of play, De Niro playing, yeah. but, playing Pacino, but Pacino But Pacino definitely ages through yes. it. Yes, yeah. yes,
0: yeah. In Godfather 2, De Niro's there, but I was talking about Al Pacino. Sorry about that. And uh, uh in, in my mind, those two names, not the guys, the names get, get mixed up. Sorry yeah. about that. But uh the other person who I thought was, even though as uh, uh, I think one of the reviewers mentioned, screen time was short, but... Don, Mar- Marlon Brando Marlon Brando's Don Vito was on the money yep like he was there and you know uh, I always get I always uh get um it's a little personal for me when I see him. He's playing with his grandson. And he's goofing around. Because, you know, that's like that's like my grandson. I want to play with my grandkid and goof around. And, you know, they left the grandkid with him out there in the, in the grape arbor. And he's just kind of messing around. I realize that's also his death scene. But prior to him uh, having a grabber and cackin' right there on the ground, uh, it was this cute kind of playful, like, here's this big, like, killer Don... And he's just like, check it out, you know, I'm going to be goofy. Yeah. Oh, I hurt your feelings. Come here, I didn't mean to, you know. Yeah. He's a human being.
1: He just does this thing for a living. He, he just does a do, he does the, a thing. He, you thing. Know, he does a thing. He did the thing. He did a thing. By the way. It is what it
0: is. One of the challenges, and I, I meant to mention this, it's very short, is that I don't believe that the entire Italian-American community was too happy with some parts of this movie. Yeah. So, there is a challenge in the movie there, but... All right, directing and editing. How do you think they did there?
1: I think uh, editing, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Like, excellent cuts. Think it Fosse did a good uh, job Fosse, on this one? Fosse, Fosse was fantastic. <laughs> Jazz hands all around. Um, and I had mentioned before that, there, for me, that there was a little bit of, of bloat uh, in the story, but I never dropped out of the story. So, like, for me, this is like, an almost five, uh, kind of. Gotcha, like. yeah. And by the way, if you're listening, you're getting a sense already that, that we we like, hated this. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, 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 we, we, we love this movie. No, we uh, we both enjoyed this movie. We, we both enjoyed the movie, and uh, it, yeah. It, um, but I thought directing and editing uh, was pretty fantastic.
0: I did too. You know, I think screenplay and story, well, first of all, you've already talked about this a bit, so I don't have to talk too long about it. but the story was apparently a good story to start with. As I said, I haven't read it, but apparently it was. And then the way they did the screenplay, especially bringing in the author, I think they did a good job of it. whether, it, whether it's whether it is completely loyal to the original storyline or not, it certainly uh, is a good screenplay minus some extra things yeah. I think they could have cut, but that's in editing. So we've talked about cinematography and locations. Cinematography
1: locations, I'd throw in sets uh, on there as yeah. well, yeah. but I bar none. Like, it is it, top. tops. How about the musical score? I And this is where I want to add a little bit of not just score, but score and sound. Fair enough. Uh, the score, fantastic. And it was mentioned by Rachel of that taxi driver the the uh the score kind of uh became a, an annoying like almost like an urkel theme <laughs> like did i need that or like oh urkel's here again mm. uh like and the theme comes up and and it's not bad but it, it just at times it's kind, it gets a little overpowering mm-hmm. that the the theme on this is is just iconic and um it just resonates it's beautiful and i never got tired of it Mm -hmm. and on top of just the rest of the music that's in there um i think that's fantastic beyond that though uh that i the sound and as i was kind of watching through again uh just uh today i was doing a a set like a second kind of watch through and the assassination scene at the end where it is directed and edited well and, and, and incredible where the priest is talking about, do you renounce Satan and do you renounce mm-hmm. his works and this? And he's like, yes, I do. And every like they're cutting murders in and out. But the coolest thing on was that the baby they were christening started crying and that crying of the baby just was ringing through that whole scene and it made it just so like 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 tense and anxious as you're watching this because it you, you can almost feel the this otherworldly dissatisfaction that's being sounded with what was going on with yeah. the with the baby's cry uh, and then the organ music is playing on top so mm-hmm. it's just layers of sound beautiful and i thought it was just uh, expertly done.
0: I thought so too, and and I tell you something. Even if you even if you don't remember a lot, like sometimes I don't remember the music in a movie, but I don't have to rewatch The Godfather. If I'm watching another show and they're like, you know, we want to sort of. Call on the ghosts of the Godfather to bring that feeling into the current scene in some other movie or show. Yeah. They play that. Everybody knows what that. Even if you, even if you don't know that's from the Godfather, you know what that music. Even means. if
1: you've never seen the Godfather, you know what it You're like, oh, I'm gonna make him an all yes, good review.
0: Exactly. Yeah. How about special effects and notables? For me, yep. The, the major special effects that I rec- that I that I think were fabulous. There are many types of special effects in the movie. They're they're all practical effects. They don't have CGI and stuff in 1972, really, not for this kind yeah. of a movie. But the attempted assassination of Don Vito, and the assassination of the older brother um, uh, Sunny Sunny, thank you uh, at the at the uh, toll booth. Um, those two were done so wow mm-hmm. like you believed that the stunt guys were blowing the windows of that car out yep. with uh tommy guns right yep. and then when uh, sonny gets out of the car and he's just like you know hey, whatever and they're like hitting him <laughs> yeah. he didn't go flying 35 feet backwards in a you know a la special effects yeah. stunt guy he stood there got hit and flapped up against the car and then they just kept shooting him to the ground yeah. don vito same thing you know, he tried to run away. They hit him once. He fell against the car. They hit him what four, five, six times, and down he goes. Not flying across through a plate glass window,
1: down. The only one, the only special effect that uh, that I've heard anybody, at least from the council, complain about. Kyle Brown talked about the assassination of Mo Green when he was getting the when he was getting his massage. He gets shot through the glasses, and then the blood spurts, spurts kind yeah. of out, and he but just didn't like the timing
0: of it. One at all. shot. One shot through the eyeglass uh, 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 frame, yeah. and into his eye, and then, and then like, like
1: a glass of tomato beat, juice, half and, a beat later, yeah,
0: yeah. That I think the blood spurt was was probably added, but I don't mean like CGI added. I mean like they almost no, cut they, to it. There's almost like a little yeah. click, click, click between the two, but it, but uh, I thought shooting him through the eye was an intentional message. That like, no, 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 we don't get you on the street and hit you with 35 bullets. No, just while you're getting a massage you're basically naked on the table. Just done. Uh, And you know, Mo Green he deserved it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) for what he was doing. Later on we learn about like more history of Mo Green and he's the guy who started Las Vegas and like Yeah. yeah.
0: And he's based on a real guy. Yeah. Named Bugsy, by the way. Yeah. Alright.
1: X Factor. The X Factor of this movie is that it's the Godfather. It's the Godfather. Yeah. I
0: mean, <laughs> we have we have a friend who uh, we have a friend who is in a, a, a performance troupe, and the troupe did a did a photograph with no intention of having any connection to the Godfather, but our friend's sitting in a, in a big poofy armchair in, in in the middle of the shot, and everyone else in the troupe is kind of around him, sort of turned towards him a little bit. And my first impression looking at that was the the Godfather, based on his name and. He, How do you have that kind of connection without something like the Godfather behind it? So it's got the X factor. I think mathematically, if I, uh, you know, carry the one, uh, well, it's absolutely in the high force for me. I would say between four, seven. And four eight. Yeah. It's not like a perfect. There's some things that,
1: that, that I, you know, didn't yeah. like
0: or didn't enjoy as much as the rest. But it's it's a fabulous As movie.
1: far as awards go, IMDb has this as its second highest rated movie. What's number one? Shawshank Redemption. Ah! Which is also in Stephen Pantheon. Stephen King. Yeah. By the way, another
0: movie where the author
1: was involved yeah. in the screenplay. Uh, this this and it's fun that we mentioned Cabaret because mm-hmm. Rachel had nominated Cabaret previously and this it was up against this for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Cabaret did not get Best Picture even though it was nominated for nine, got like seven awards. This one won three awards, less awards than Cabaret, but it did get Best Picture, Best Actor, and Best Writing. Yep. So uh, and then another twenty nine
0: awards and thirty. Nominations beyond.
1: Yeah. Little fun fact on the best actor in leading role, Marlon Brando. Mr. Marlon. Brando did not attend the ceremony, choosing instead to have himself represented by Sasheen Littlefeather, aka Maria Cruz, a Native American Californian actress. She clarified that Brando respectfully refused the award due to the poor treatment of American Indians mm-hmm. in entertainment, as well as the recent Wounded Knee incident. After several jeers were drowned out by applause, Little Feather further stated that she hoped she had not intruded and that our hearts and understandings will meet with love and generosity. So uh, Brando was a Hollywood actor
0: of Hollywood actors. And Mm -hmm. the things that you think of current Hollywood actors, the things that you would think they would do and say, the the things that they hold up as as the most important thing you should talk about right now, he was doing that. Yep. In the 60s and 70s. I mean, so it's not a big surprise. You know, he, uh, he wasn't John Wayne.
1: Yeah. He
0: wasn't just swaggering in and, you know, whipping it out. He was an actor, and he was a a, 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 a very multifaceted one. Uh, best writing, uh, the award was a screenplay based on uh, material from, as we said, another medium. Uh, Mario Puzo and, uh, and Coppola won that one together. So those are the three. Best picture. Best actor in a leading role and best writing.
1: So some fun facts about the movie: uh, Lenny Montana, Montana. Luca Brasi uh, was so he, he was the he was the kind of like the big beefy, you know, Like uh, hitman, the beef hands, uh, yeah. uh the beefhead hitman. Uh, that went and got strangled from the other guy. Yeah. Uh, Was so nervous about working with Marlon Brando that in the first take of their scene when he was talking to Brando he flubbed his lines and and Francis Ford Coppola liked the genuine nervousness. Used it in the final cut and then added scenes of Luca practicing his speech at the wedding before he was going so that he could kind of like make it it all tied together. But
0: also it reflected what the feeling that he was almost giving you in that opening scene when the guy was asking for a favor and And to me, it felt like he was practicing in the mirror. And then you see Luca actually practicing his speech before the, yeah, that was cruel.
1: So we had mentioned Paramount Pictures uh, had kind of like a a love-hate relationship with this. Cinematographer Mm. Gordon Willis earned himself the nickname the Prince of Darkness. I was talking about that Chiascaro shading. Since his sets were so underlit, Paramount Pictures executives initially thought that the footage was too dark until persuaded otherwise by Willis and Francis Ford Coppola that it was to to emphasize the shadiness of the Corleone family's dealings. It was on purpose. James Caan...
0: Improvised the part where he throws the FBI photographer's yep. camera to the ground. The actor's frightened reaction is genuine. Khan also came up with the idea of then throwing money at the dude basically to pay for his yeah, on camera. the ground <laughs> where I came from. You broke something, you replace it, or you repaid the owner.
1: <laughs> now, so this next one is a thing that's common lore that most people know, but the cat held by Marlon Brando in the opening scene was a stray that Coppola found while on the lot at Paramount and was not originally called for in the script so content was the cat that its purring muffled some of Brando's dialogue and as a result most of his lines had to be looped
0: <laughs> there was apparently an intense friction between Coppola and Paramount you mentioned in which the pictures frequently tried to have Coppola replaced mm-hmm. citing his inability to stay on schedule unnecessary expenses production and casting errors <clears throat> Uh, errors in casting. Coppola Coppola actually completed the film ahead of schedule and under budget. Even now, though they said he yeah. was screwing up.
1: Coppola, however, would live up to that infamy in Apocalypse Now, which did go like a year over and well over budget. Do you know how expensive it is to shoot a film
0: in Vietnam, yeah. in the jungle, in nowhere? Near? I know. I've
1: seen Tropic Thunder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know something? You never go full jungle. Yeah. You just don't do it. Here's a fun fact. Right. Orson Welles lobbied to get the part of Don Vito Corleone, <laughs> even offering to lose a great deal of weight in, de- in order to get the role. Francis Ford Coppola, a Welles fan, had to turn him down because he already had Marlon Brando in mind for the role and felt Welles wouldn't be right you for it. You'd think he could have found
0: something there for him, but yeah. all right. So uh, Don Vito Corleone's distinctive voice
1: <laughs> was based on real-life
0: mobster Frank Costello. Marlon Brando had seen him on TV during the Estes' Kefauver hearings? I don't know what that is. Yeah. In 1951, and imitated his husky whisper in the film. Another one of those kind of classic trademarks of the movie is his, his almost yeah. mumbled and sometimes very muffled dialogue.
1: One of the reasons uh, Francis Ford Coppola finally agreed to direct the film was because he was in debt to Warner Brothers following $400,000 budget overruns on George Lucas's THX 1138. You shut your mouth, Lucas Warner Brothers. urged him to take the job. Now, if you're not uh, familiar with THX 1138, when THX shows up on the movie screen before the movie starts uh, and, and uh, you hear a specific sound and everyone... Who watches movies? uh, At least has been watching movies. Will will probably be familiar with this, and it goes like this. That
0: yeah that that, sound
1: that's from THX one one three eight. Uh, Sergio Leone from uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, that mm-hmm. guy, uh, was approached to direct the film, but turned it down since he felt the story, which glorified the mafia, was not interesting enough. Yeah. Later yeah. on, he, he regretted something. the decision. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine.
0: <laughs> there was a great deal of mooning on set. Wait, wait, wait. A what? A great deal of mooning
1: on set. You mean on with
0: set. showing one's behind? Yeah, like where you whip your pants down and oh, moon yeah. the camera. Started by none other than James Caan and Robert Duvall. The consigliere. Uh, Yeah, in the effort to break some tension during a rehearsal for the first scene, the pair mooned, Coppola, Marlon Brando, and Salvatore Carcito.
1: Now, later on, in that same vein, that that these guys were driving alongside of a car with Marlon Brando and stuck their butts out the window, Brandon fell over in the car laughing. He thought it was hilarious. Brando got in on mooning, was later... Uh, called like the Prince of Mooning oh my on God. the set. And Al Pacino even got into it where he was sitting behind a desk and decided to leave his pants off so when he got up that he would moon everybody <laughs> else in the, in, in the scene.
0: The mansion yeah. was in actuality in real life the former home of William Randolph Hearst. Oh, you
1: know, connection to Orson Welles right there with Wells. Citizen
0: Kane. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, the Hearst family is located in North
1: Hollywood. So we going to have to drive to New York to shoot it. How nice! So, uh, as far as the voting goes this so let's time see around, that, uh, so Rachel, this is not a case of will the Godfather get in because are you sure? already well, by the on. by the recording just, just of this? The, let's do the math yeah. real quick. Hold, hold on, already the, by no, the recording you, do of this. Pantheon some finger Rachel's companion. a yes.
0: Brad's a yes. That would be two. Yeah. Matthew Wade is a yes. Brandon Falk is a yes. Kyle, my buddy Kyle. Yes. So that's six yeses. Uh, and Adam, today, recording day, Monday, this Monday, Adam Chromacho says yes. That's six. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the
1: Facebook, Facebook poll, poll, if you look at it, has 77 yeses and mm-hmm. seven so, noes. So, so as of this recording, we don't have the other three. But s- uh, a good 71 people chime in and say no. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, I mean, you and can do that Everyone you else says no, that this is definitely going to get in. Here's something else.
0: Uh, noteworthy. On the Facebook poll, many, 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 lots of many times, the haven't seen it or need to rewatch numbers can be higher, not only than the yeah. no's, sometimes as high as the yeses. Yeah. And on this one, not
1: the case. Three needed to rewatch, or six mm-hmm. haven't seen it.
0: And only seven no's. So, and yeah, I mean, it's in. Uh, it's, it's basically in and,
1: uh, and I'll just jump right ahead and say that there's going to be two more yeses on the Facebook poll as I put my yes in and you put your yes in, unless you changed your mind since three minutes ago when we were chatting. Wait,
0: are we voting on one or two? Yeah, one. Oh yeah, no, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, and by the way, we'll we'll give a, uh, by the way, by comparison, if the Godfather two was the one that was nominated, I don't know that I would say no. Yeah. But we watched them back-to-back back and we a did. direct comparison.
1: I find I like The Godfather better than The Godfather 2.
0: But, I, I just, but I'm because not I, saying I would say no to Godfather 2.
1: Yeah, I just I think The Godfather is, is a tighter story, more cohesive. I like the way it's set up a little bit better. Um, I like the De Niro back scenes of Vito in uh, Godfather mm-hmm. 2 uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. But some of the modern stuff that hmm. uh, I, I could take or leave. The Cuba scene is kind of like the Sicily scene. You know, the stuff in and, Vegas
0: and Miami feels
1: a lot more like Goodfellas and a lot less like The, fir- the yeah. Godfather. But And I will so, I'll also say this, that I watched The Godfather 3, and I didn't hate the story. Hmm. And this is the uh, Coppola did a, his own Snyder cut hmm. of this mm-hmm. one. And at the end, uh, not to give away spoilers. I'm not familiar with the
0: Snyder cut comment, the, but go uh, ahead.
1: Yeah, sure you are. The uh, that in the older version of Godfather Three, that Michael Corleone passes dies in a direct parallel to Vito Corleone. Mm-hmm. In the updated version, they just pan in on him while he's sitting in the seat, in a chair, and then go to cut to black, where they they're like, "You don't deserve an easy death." Like, you have to live with this pain. But, <clears throat> Sophia Coppola is horrible. So bad. She's so bad. You're no, choking She's me out. She's just so bad. Now, I'll give a uh, an advance congratulations to Rachel Plantinga uh, on this nomination getting in. I'll give her two
0: advance yeah. congratulations because I heard a rumor. Mm-hmm. I heard that while she has nominated some amazing, interesting... I'm happy that I saw them cabaret movies yes over the years this one will be the first time in uh, five years five years that her nomination got in and Rachel I don't dislike any of your nominations yeah. but this one this one was a good one
1: yeah it was a good it was an excellent call and it was a it was a blank space. That needed to be filled it in Pantheon was. because people said, "Why isn't this one in
0: already?" When you and I got a nomination last last year, year year yeah. before, when we got a nomination, we we weren't looking we were looking for blank spaces, but we weren't looking for this type of blank space. Yeah. Uh, we had talked about a blank space like let's find an actor that's not in Pantheon yet, that kind of a thing, someone that we look up to or someone that we like, and we selected the, in that way. I don't know whether she picked this movie because, like you said, there was like a, a a little blank space in the kind of the spectrum of Pantheon. But that's exactly what it actually does. I mean, it sounds in. like
1: she saw the movie and was like, "Oh damn, this has got to be this in there." This is the one, yeah. right? Yeah. So, all right. Any final thoughts? I really, you know, I I I wasn't I like Rachel wasn't quite. Excited to sit down and watch this. I will agree. And then when I did, I was so glad that I did. Because I hadn't seen it in a forever time. And I was like, this is just a really good This is... This is a movie's movie right here, and you know how I know that you were
0: all the way enthralled in this movie when we watched it. That pile of Coke on the table, yeah, didn't even touch
1: it. Normally, I'm doing so much Coke, right, right, yeah. But in this one, we it never got touched. By the way, on the The little mouse on the way on the way in here uh, to do this recording, I was uh, I was getting my jacket so we could take some pictures, and my son said. are you going to, you should bring like a bag of flour or sugar. And I was like.
0: <laughs> Wrong movie.
1: Why? <laughs> he's like, you know. And, and I was like, that's Scarface. Not, uh, not to be yeah.
0: outdone. The image in my head, when I think of The Godfather. Is, is,
1: a, is a film. Is, is, is a, The
0: Godfather sitting there. He's got his elbows on the armchair. And he's kind of rest. His hands are folded in front of his, like under his chin. And he's looking at the camera. And there's a guy standing behind him on his right shoulder and his left.
1: I'm pretty sure that's from Scarface. Again, Scarface. So,
0: Brian, you and I are on the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, as always, I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's conversation. Where can Videoland find you, Dr. Diamond Doug?
1: You're going to find me on the Facebook page. And
0: you can find me there as well. And you can find Adventures in Videoland on Instagram, adventuresinvideoland.com. As always, the conversation begins and ends on Facebook. You... Have been listening to criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, Video Landers, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Uh, that wasn't very good, actually. Uh, how about this? We, we love,
1: love you. you.